Hello and welcome to Atomic Geekdom. My name is Dave and thank you for joining us. I'm going to do a piece of business here before we get rolling and uh, my co-host has no idea I'm doing it, but this person's going to stay quiet while I do it. Um, <clears throat> one of our favorite guests and one of our favorite authors, Andy Weir, wrote a book called The Martian. You should have read it by now and seen the movie in that order. Uh, we also interviewed him for this pot for that very book and movie uh, so you should go back in the catalog and check that out also released a book called artemis and we interviewed him about that book as well after we finished reading it and i believe they are making that a movie as well um but uh yeah so uh this little book was a number one time uh new york oh, i'm sorry the martian was a number one new york times best-selling book artemis uh, was on the 2017 Amazon Best of the Year section, selection, a Barnes & Noble bestseller, an Apple Best of the Month pick, a 2017 Goodreads Choice Awards winner for Best Science Fiction, uh, a number one LA Times bestseller, number one Seattle Times bestseller, number uh, a New York Times bestseller, a Wall Street Journal bestseller, USA Today bestseller, a Publishers Weekly bestseller, and a bestseller by uh, those of us at Atomic Geekdom. We love it. It was a good book. Uh, very good. Um... But, why do I bring it up? This book's been out forever, Dave. What are you doing? Uh, well, on July 3rd, um, it will be released on paperback. So, you can now, for those of you who are anti-hardcover, have the chance to get this book on paperback and read it, or reread it, and just add it to your collection, whatever you're going to do. Uh, and yes, the book is optioned for a movie by Fox and New Regency, with Simon Kinberg set to produce, with Phil Lord and Chris... Miller to direct it. So those are big heavy hitters. Those two guys. They did the Lego movie. Come on, guys. And other things. Part of Solo. They did that before they were released. Um, what else did they do? Some rest of development stuff. 21 Jump Street. Last Man on Earth. I mean, you know who these guys are. Uh, so they're doing this movie. But back to the point. Andy, Re Andy Weir's Artemis on paperback July 3rd. We're going to be talking about it until it comes out, when it comes out. So we're going to remind you, you can pick it up on all the places that you get books. Amazon, all that stuff. Uh, yeah. Or just go to andyweirauthor.com. W-E-I-R, Andy Weir. Um, Broadwaybooks.com, you can go there too. 16 bucks, I believe it is. So, yeah. Do that. They're, uh, he's a friend of ours and a friend of the show. And we wanted to do that because of that reason. He's a good guy. So there you go. There's an ad for something that I would, you know, I, I get nothing to, to promote. So other than this, the pure satisfaction that other people will read a really good book. I hope. And if you read it, let us know. At Atomic Geekdom. Hit us up on Twitter. Let us know what you thought about Artemis and The Martian. If you've read it, let us know. Again, one of our favorites. All right. Uh... So yeah, as I was saying, I hope you have a great had have had a great week up to this point. Um, it is June now; summer is officially about to start, uh, which means it's going to get hot, and it also means it's con season for the big ones. So those are coming up soon. Uh, joining me today uh, to talk about all things everything is Jenny. I get to talk finally. I've been like holding my <laughs> breath, going, "Oh, I gotta want to like." Tap into everything you just said, but I, I held it together. I'm good. Well, tap in. Oh my gosh, I just reread Artemis <laughs> because I really liked it. Like, 
it wasn't like as strong as The Martian when I first read it, but I really liked it. But I, and listen to the podcast. I, it's really funny because I try not to be a complete uber jerk, like dork, but it happens. Um, but I reread it and my original like thought was I couldn't stand the main character, but I loved every surrounding character. Mm-hmm. And, but I liked the main character for the fact that I couldn't stand the main character. It was like, you know, when you, when it's such like a good villain, not saying that she's a villain. It's just, I love the way that it was written. And when I reread it, I totally didn't see the main character as the same way I saw it the first time I read it. And I was so blown away that the second reading, I took away different things and totally dug it. Like I, I should say second reading. First one, I did the hardcover. Second time, I did the audio. And the audio, if you haven't listened to the audio, it's so well done. Rosario Dawson, right? Oh, my gosh. And and maybe that's why I like the main character more. Because I I love the supporting characters in the book so much. And I love the plot story. And there were so many times when I read it that I just wanted to reach through the pages and strangle the main character. But in good reasons. Not because, like, she was on it, you know, just annoying. It was because... You're like, what the hell are you doing, woman? You know, and you, you get so frustrated at her because it's like your best friend's doing something shitty. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, what the hell? When you listen to Rosaria Dawson, like, say it, it's just like, instead of going, what the hell are you doing? I was just more like, hey, darling, let's let's talk for a minute. You know, like, it totally, like, changed my perspective of how I, how I looked at the character. And the characters that I thought that, like, were really, like, that I didn't like, I ended up really liking it. And there's a part in the podcast, a little spoiler alert, where we're talking about how it could break off in different storylines of different characters in the book. And the second time reading it, all I did was try to fit, like fantasize about, well, if this character had its own story, what would the adventure be? And I went on 50 tangents in my head and I was just like it's so great he is an amazing writer he every time I read one of his stories I just get hooked and I have a blast so I hope you do the same I think yeah he mentioned that if he were to spin off it would be the cop which is awesome Mm -hmm. like totally do it like a detective style yeah he was he was very much into that it'd be like a, a noir type deal yeah, absolutely go back and check out those two podcast episodes because uh, Andy Weir is the best, and he's super smart, and he loves the same stuff that we do. So, I love it. So, yeah. <clears throat> there you go. Uh, fun with advertising, I guess, uh, or just promoting cool stuff. Um, so, yeah, I've been on a real, real sh- sh- Funko Pop buying spending spree. Um, Wait real fast. How many do you have now in your collection? Uh, I can tell you the exact amount by looking at my app in one <laughs> in one second. I have 140. You know that's insane, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Considering <laughs> considering maybe maybe a quarter or maybe less than that is on display because I just don't have enough room. So the have rest... you seen? Do you do you follow? Funko on Instagram? I think I follow it because we follow it, so I see it. Okay, so our... they post up, you know, basically fan photos. Right. And some of people's, like, collections, one, are insanely gigantic, but the way they display them, I'm just like, I want that in my house. Like, just how they do the shelving and, yeah. like, 
so rad. I wish they would do like a YouTube series of like because they they do like a YouTube series on like their employees' desks. I'm like, I don't care. Like their desks look like mine, except they have more access to those things. But I have, okay, you know what though? So my brother actually seriously works right across the street from Funko. Yeah. Like right across the street, and when it opened, he went in there and he goes, "It's like going to Disneyland." Like yeah. they have like full size dioramas basically that you can interact with. You can sit in the Batmobile, and mm-hmm. it's just rad. But it's it's one of those things that every person I know that loves Funko has posted a photo of a Funko in something. You know, it's like Funko on my desk, or right. this is the Funko next to my my kitchen. You know, it's. It's so rad. So um, how many of yours are still in the box and how many are outside of the box? A uh, majority are in the box because, again, they're easier to display right now that way. But when I get my own place and I have my office set up, they'll be out of the box and on shelves and stuff like that. Um, but I will keep the boxes, of course. I'm the same. just the way that goes. So I'll, you know, I'll take them out and I'll display them. I'll put them back in the box and switch them out for no particular reason. Other than I want them, but like I'm so stoked because, as I was saying, I uh, the the just last week they released the new line of Stranger Things uh, Funkos from season two, so uh, I got uh, Bob and Scrubs where he's got the Scrubs and holding a walkie-talkie, uh, Billy the the you know the very '80s bully. Um, uh, my favorite though of all of them, and I'm going to try to find the Hot Topic exclusive version of it is Steve with the backpack and the sunglasses and, and the baseball bat with nails in it uh, <laughs> as my absolute favorite one. And then, That's awesome. And then I got Hopper with the vines and Eleven, who's like elevated and floating with her nose bleeding, and the GameStop exclusive Vampire Bob from the Halloween when they go trick-or-treating. Dude, um, they made a pop of Vampire Bob. Yep. I That's recommend it. Hardcore. It's 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 hilarious. <laughs> uh, I saw two of them at the store and Tom had to remind me that he saw he saw one. Uh, Tom, Tom is now addicted to these things too, um, but he saw one at the store, and I'm like, "Oh, that's right, that came out too." And I like immediately went to GameStop on my birthday and grabbed one. I said I couldn't find it, and I asked the guys like, "I have no idea. You have to look around." And then I look like right in front of my face. There's two of them, dude. I so similar news though, like the gargoyles. Did you see the where they're coming out with Disney gargoyles? Yeah, Kyle brought it up, I think, on the last episode. I'm not a gargoyles fan, but we did we did talk to one of the creators of the gargoyles on this podcast. One of these one like gargoyles was kinda big when I was in high school, so I'm old. But I loved, absolutely loved the style of the cartoon. And I remember when I was I was probably a, like a junior in high school and I don't even remember who this was, but like a friend of my brother or somebody like that had this old like 70s pickup truck. Mm-hmm. And he's like, and it was a beater. It was like all Bondo and rust and all that. And he's just like, will you paint something on it? Because I, I was like aspiring to go to art school and all that. And I was like, what do you want? And he goes, I don't know, something cool. And I'm like, can I paint a gargoyle on it? And he's like, sure. So this truck, um, Goliath, the main gargoyle from Gargoyle. Mm-hmm. The entire hood of the car was Goliath and his wings like span around the side of the truck onto the doors. <laughs> I don't even have a photo of this, but that's all I remember. And I used to like, it was one of those where when I'm in a class, I would just sit there and sketch Goliath over and over again, over and over again. So when I saw that they're coming out with pop dolls, I'm like, 
you know, I got to get Goliath. And I'm on like, I'm on a moratorium where I'm not allowed to get any more pop dolls. I don't have near as many as you. I probably have like 55 or 60. I don't even know. But, and they're like, we're using them as like bookends on bookshelves. And I've taken a lot out of the boxes, but they are, they're everywhere in our house right now. And I'm like, come on, you know, I need, I need Goliath, right? But then the other funny thing is Justin actually just hit me up and said that they're making Pan's Labyrinth ones. And I'm like, dude, there is not enough room in the world for all the pop dolls that I want. So I wish I, I had stock in Funko. Uh, yeah. Uh, years ago. <laughs> yeah. And I, after I saw Solo and loved it as much as I did, I went on a big binge and bought a bunch of them. I got both Landos, Kira, uh, Two different solos and Chewbacca with goggles and a Beckett one. Oh, man. I kind of yeah. wouldn't mind having a Beckett one. There's two different Beckett ones. One where he's in the Imperial like outfit, the captain's outfit. And then I can't remember what the other one is. But, uh, yeah, and then I noticed they have some really cool like old school X-Men ones. So I went and got a bunch of those. Thanks, Amazon, making this way too easy for me. <laughs> to spend way too much money but yeah i'm kind of now with the stranger things ones coming out on the first week of june and i think there's another line of uh what's coming oh ant-man and the wasp there's three of them i want to get from that that come out in july and that's that's it uh, those are no more oh geez yeah but, that's what you say now uh well right until until somebody at san diego comic-con sends me pictures and says i'm looking at this one do you want it uh yeah, let me send, like, let me yeah. PayPal let me PayPal you some money. Have you have you seen the two that they're releasing for um, Pan's Labyrinth though? They're releasing obviously the Fawn and the Pale Man, and they're so like the Fawn is so beautiful. They've got the spirals on the heads and the big horns, but the Pale Man is so creepy. It's even got the like the little eye on the hand. So rad. I I'm gonna have to have it with everything else. <laughs> right. <laughs> have to have it. I was watching the before we started recording. I was watching part of the Funko Pop documentary that's on Netflix. Um, How is that? Uh, I think it would have been better if they didn't do it themselves. Like if it was a fans thing. Oh, uh, so like they a, did it? Yeah. Was it just sort of the history of their company? No, I, 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 somebody told me they did it, um, and it kind of takes the fun from it, you know. Um, and then a lot of the, a lot of the things they do, like they go to, the, uh, they'll talk about the history of the company and then they'll cut to like a fan and then their experience, you know, why, yeah. they, why they're a collector and why they collect these certain pops or this certain Funko product. Cause pops are new. Um, they did the bobbleheads or the wacky wobblers first. That's how they became famous. Um, and actually f hardcore fans that love that stuff hated pops at first. Um, but now it's just, you, you can't. Get it. You can't go anywhere without seeing Pops. But uh, they'll go to these fans, and I know they recorded a lot of this stuff at New York Comic Con, but almost every fan they talk to lives in New York, and I'm like, that's just lazy. Come on. There's a whole world of people that collect these things. Get out yeah, there. They need to go to, like, Iowa and, like, Arizona and Seattle. You know, right. Because every – it would be – I would love to actually see um, kind of a, a demographic – um, breakdown of what pops sell in what areas, mm -hmm. you know, like I have a feeling like sports pops are probably really big in the South and like Midwest, Sure, but probably not so much on the West coast. 
Like, maybe, and depending on the teams, too. Uh, yeah, totally. Like, baseball, they just released, like, their first set of baseball ones. There's not a single brewer in there. It's like, oh, you're just, you're missing a market. They're like, what the hell? I do have my, I still have my Marshawn Lynch Seahawks one, though. I'm pretty proud of that one. I have two Aaron yeah. Rodgers ones now. Yeah. <laughs> and one of them is out of the box. But could you imagine that, though? Like, um, you know, like... California would be a weird one because there's so much Hollywood like mm-hmm. that it's it's a part of so many people's lives here that even if you're not into pop culture or geek news or things like that, you still know what's kind of going on just because of the environment you're in. Right. But then take somewhere like Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I would love to know what the top selling pop doll in Baton Rouge, Louisiana is. Sure. You know, it's, it would be interesting to see kind of like a portrait of America based off pop dolls. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I it's fun. Like they, I don't do it on Twitter anymore. But they'll every day there's retweet this, and we'll you know you'll enter to win a giveaway or whatever it is. And on Facebook, it's share this and or like this post and comment on which uh, character from this show you'd want us to make or what's your favorite scene from this show or whatever it is. I've never won one ever. Uh, I don't. Me neither. <laughs> I don't know anyone that's ever won a free one, and it's irritating. But, uh, um, I mean, with all the exclusives and stuff, and if you're like a diehard collector, it's so hard to get them all that you want. Like the the Ian Malcolm wounded one where he's laying down and he's shirtless. Uh, that was. Oh my a, god, that one's hilarious. A Target only exclusive, and unless you stayed up till two a.m. Central Time when they released it on Target's website, you had no chance. Um, it wasn't ever going to be in the store. It was going to be the website only. I mean, if you found it in the store, good good job. But I don't think any of them made it to the store. I ordered two, and I have one left in the box and one that sits underneath my TV. I stare at it whenever I watch TV. It's, it's actually kind of weird. Uh, <laughs> that is kind of weird. Um, but, you know, I have a second one in case a friend of mine says, oh, I wanted one and I couldn't get it. And I would never spike the price on them. In fact, I'd probably just give it to them. Um, if anybody, you know, really desperately was a fan of Jurassic Park and they wanted it, you know, like, you know, right. you know, these people, but like the, we were talking about it on Facebook with one of the two broke geeks or both of them. I don't know who was answering on their two broke geeks side of things, but, uh, they're talking about con exclusives being terrible. And I understand the con exclusive because it's meant to be special. It's meant to be for the people that, you know, you know, traveled and went that far to get it and it's you know it's a reward so to speak i guess oh and and like i i love funko and i and i wish like i'm gonna be heading back to seattle this summer and i think i'm going to since it'll be during the week i'm gonna try doing the tour mm-hmm. of their place but it's it's funny because when certain ones come out or things like that it's everybody wants it so fast and not everybody can get it. I remember at San Diego Comic-Con when they released the um, Luke Skywalker. Um, was it you that wanted me it to get me. that? It was me. That's, yep. Yeah. I got there at like 7 a.m. or something. I was like, I told Dave I'd try to get this. So I'm going to try to get this. Dude, you had to like go the day before to get mm-hmm. a ticket to get a ticket just to get in the line. Yep. And then if you got in the line, then you needed another ticket to get your place in line. And then you may or may not get it. You yeah. know, it's just like they briefly holy. they briefly show that in the documentary. Like these kids said they finally got their tickets and they got there. And on, I think it was on Sunday they got to finally go in. 
And he's like, uh, they sold out of the two that they had and we couldn't get what we wanted. I'm like, dude, uh, I eventually got that Wampa with its arm cut off and Luke Skywalker, uh, Funko Pop, but I had to pay a, a little more than I wanted to on eBay. Um, but that was before I was going to cons and then you realize, oh, I can just go to a con and they're all here, but there's a dramatic markup. Yeah, well, there's a dramatic markup on the ones that just came out. But mm. you can find, like, rare ones, you know? like Sure. Well, when I visited you guys and we went to Kamikaze, I got Macho Man. That's right. I remember that. And I got it at a good price, and I can't find that anywhere now. So it's in a little plastic case because I bought the plastic case. I'm like, I'm traveling, and it's got to go on a plane, so I better get some protection for this thing. Right. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, but, I mean... I don't know. The quality of these things have gotten so much better than the old ones, too. Like, the body shapes are better for the girls' ones. Like, they actually look like girls. They're not, like, really rounded shoulders and weird-looking. They look more right. f- more feminine and more, you know, like a girl. And that's cooler, so they look a lot nicer. And the franchises they've gotten licensed now are so cool. Like, they're Saga Pops. Like, who would have thought that there would be a pop for Saga characters? <laughs> it's just They just look... They all look cool, and they all have little accessories now. And you see a movie come out like Solo, and I'm like, well, he did three different outfits. They're probably going to have three different pops for this guy. Uh, And it's funny to think about it while you're just sitting there watching. Right. No, so here's a question for you. I was, as you were talking, I was trying to figure out, like, my answer. And I don't know if I have an answer, but if out of all, you know, there's a thousand pops now. But what's the one you wish they would make? Oh, my answer for a while was Xander from Buffy, because um, they had a, a small line of Buffy ones when they first started selling pops, and it was, it pissed me off because it was, you know, the, these are the obvious ones: Buffy, Willow, uh, Angel, even. Uh, right. But they had a master one, which is the villain from the first season. But they had no Giles and no Xander. I'm like, are you kidding? This is like, and they had Oz who was a character that wasn't even introduced to the second season and didn't last past the fourth season. I'm like, this kid, this this character is one of the core, and so is Giles. So my answer was always Xander, and then they released two of them. So I got both of them. By, uh, the first ever chase uh, pop I ever got on the first try was Xander. And so it's you know my favorite character, and it was meant to be. <laughs> but uh, one that I wish they'd make, I can't, that's tough. It's hard, right? Like, I would naturally say, oh, my God, they'd have to have Flash Gordon. And they but do. But they have Flash oh, Gordon. Oh, he's, he's in the, the documentary, too, by the way. Oh, Sam Jones? Because they talk to a couple characters like Lou Ferrigno and a couple of the Power Rangers about what they see at cons now when these guys bring the pops and stuff and how it makes them feel. And uh, he Sam Jones is in there, too. Um, Sam Jones, I'm just so everybody knows, if he's at a con that you're at, pay the money and meet him and get a photo and stuff with him. He is like the nicest guy and he has the most infectious comic book laugh. Like he's like, I'm, I'm like, Oh my God, I've loved you like my entire life. I have the original poster. Will you sign my original poster? He's like, Oh, ha, 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 ha. yes. Oh, I like that. You know, like it's just, it's the weirdest encounter ever, but he's so rad. And like, I, he he hadn't been in the cons for like ever, and they were up. He was showing up at Palm Springs, and I'm like, I'm going to Palm Springs. So we drive all the way up to Palm Springs, which is like a three hour drive from where I'm at, just to meet him. And I pay like forty dollars to get the autograph and photos taken. And like, I was 
I almost passed out. Like I, I don't really get like starstruck, like can't breathe and everything. And I'm, I was shaking and he's like, come here, let's get a picture. And I'm like, I'm looking at Patrick going, I don't know if I can do this. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. And like now <laughs> we see him at every con and Patrick's really good at like going, Hey, because we, we talk to him now every time. And mm-hmm. I'm just like, I get so excited when I see him and I'm like, that pop doll sits on my bookshelf right next to Voltron and Ming. And, um, it's awesome. I've got the whole four set, but, um, but yeah, like, so I'm like thinking, well, who else would I want? Well, Jack Torrance, obviously from the show. Well, no, they've got Jack. I got Torrance. that. Yeah. I figured out like, well, the Xenomorph, oh, they've got a Xenomorph, you know? Yeah. So, and I've got my, I always tell everybody, it's my horror trinity. You know, I've got Jason Voorhees, Michael Myers, and Freddy Krueger. Those are, those are my three staples of favorites. But they have all of those, yeah. too. So, I'm like, they've even got a... they have Shaun of the Dead. It's like, I don't know what I would choose because I think they've already thought of them all. You know, I've got one Ash from, uh, I think it's from Ash vs. Evil Dead. It's not even from, like, the regular Evil Dead. Um, uh, they have a face hugger, like just some random person with a face hugger on it, and it's nice. la- it's labeled as the face hugger pop, uh, which it's not by itself; it's just on some random face. Um, <laughs> but what was I saying? Oh, I you know, uh, I thought of a few now. Um, I don't think they have them. Shaun of the Dead ones. I think they do, don't they? I don't think so. I'm gonna I'm gonna check because I thought they did. And Hot Fuzz, I'd get the two dudes from Hot Fuzz, the main two main characters. Um. But uh, the one I want, and I was just looking at it, because I only have one music. They have Shaun of the Dead pop dolls. Oh, there you go. Uh, I only have one music <laughs> one, because I don't really like the other ones that they've made. Um, I'm not a fan of, you know, Elton John or uh, Kiss or anything like that. Uh, but I have the Kurt Cobain one. Um, right. I, I would love if they made a Chester Bennington one. Um, they from, probably will. I imagine. Like, why wouldn't they? Probably the whole band, I, I'd imagine. I mean, it's one of the bigger bands of this generation, so... I have I have two music pops. I've got um, <clears throat> Lemmy from Motorhead mm-hmm. and Joey Ramone. Sure. I mean, most of the, the ones they made musically were kind of remembering the, the the deceased musicians, and then they started making like the Elton John one, and then uh, uh, I can't remember the other ones. There's current ones, obviously, but like there's an Amy Winehouse one. <laughs> so it's like, sure. give me a Chester Bennington one. So, so just so everybody knows, the Shaun of the Dead pops. They have Shaun with the baseball bat, and they have Ed with the shovel. I'm looking it up on Amazon right now. They're pretty awesome. Look at that! I didn't even get <laughs> Dead typed in, and there it was yeah. Oh, yeah, those are the very old school ones too. Yeah, and he's got and uh, Ed has the I Got Wood T-shirt on. There's a variant, or and they have yeah, they have the zombie zombie, the Ed, zombie yeah. Ed. Oh, and, and Sean's got red on him. <laughs> red on you uh but yeah but they're i mean the ed one is the cheapest they're closest to what it should cost which is 9.99 it costs 12 dollars on amazon it's 31 dollars <laughs> for just the sean one and zomb- 38 if you want it with the box with pop protector oh and the sean or the zombie ed one is 26 dollars. that's on amazon do they have hot fuzz ones then hot fuzz now, now i'm curious funko Nope, they have Dorbs, but not Funko Pops. I don't like the Dorbs. Dorbs are awesome. They're um, adorable. Speaking of Funko Pops, I have to record and edit and get this video up because I've been sitting on these things for a while. Uh, I've got an unboxing to do from Entertainment Earth. Um, so I'm 
some Lord of the Rings Funko Pops that we can put on our YouTube page. So stay tuned for that. Hopefully, before the next episode comes out, I'll have those on our YouTube page. Were they rad looking? Uh, yeah, there's one, six of them. Crazy. Sitting right at my desk. I'm not a Lord of the Rings so, fan, but they're cool looking. Okay, here's the question, because I love Lord of the Rings. I'm not a, I, I've read the book. The book actually didn't stick with me. Like, I liked it, but it wasn't one that I would go pick back up. Mm-hmm. I absolutely loved the movies. Every one of them, like every Lord of the Ring movies. And I think it's just because Viggo Mortensen is fabulous, like amazing. But then The Hobbit came out. Not a big fan of The Hobbit, but when I was a kid, I loved The Hobbit cartoon. I'm curious your thoughts because I could watch any Lord of the Ring right now, all day, every day, and never be upset. If The Hobbit's on, I get about halfway through and I walk out of the. I just like, huh? And I just do something else. It's really weird. I don't understand it. And I think, I think it might be for the fact that the um, Lord of the Rings had practical effects. It had CGI and it had beautiful CGI, but it had practical effects. When you saw the the orbs, they were like people with makeup on, and the Hobbit looked so video game-ish like everything was really crisp colors and it was all like basically cgi orgs and i'm like i don't know i it it pulled me out of the story and i feel so bad for that because i remember loving the hobbit story more than lord of the rings but not so much on the movies they're Uh, still good movies don't get me wrong just this is this is where i lose geek cred i never read the books Lord of the Rings, it was never my thing. And then when we, I only went and saw the movies because, well, I'm a movie person and my roommate, my best friend at the time, still one of my best friends, was a huge fan and wanted to see him, so I went with him. Uh, I fell asleep during every single Lord of the Rings movie in the theater. <laughs> um, and I'm one of those people during The Return of the King where I'm like, okay, it's the end. Nope. Okay. Ten minutes later, well, here's another ending. Nope. Okay, here we go. I'll admit, they should have, like, the moment, like, they're on the thing, Aragon, you know, all that. They they should have ended it. But then they go into like, oh, here's Frodo recovering. Mm-hmm. And here's this person doing, and I'm just like, it it, it went too long. They should have stopped yeah. it right after the crown got put on his head and he got back with what's-her-name, the elf, and just called it. That would have been the most perfect ending. But I've the, got, the I... best one, hands down, though, is... um. Uh, the second one and why is my brain two towers uh, two towers yeah that one that fight scene at the end is epically awesome so mm-hmm. good i, I was just talking that about movie over and over again i was just talking about that movie with a friend of mine um who his wife had a hard time with avengers infinity war because it, the way it just ends it's just kind of a, an abrupt ending um yeah and then he said it's a lot like fellowship of the ring because it you know that character dies and then it just kind of ends with them on, you know, in their boats and it's just kind of over, but you knew there was another movie coming. So, but, uh, I've got breaking news for you. I don't know if you saw this yet today, but I haven't had a chance to read it. I just saw it when I got home a little while ago. Uh, Warner brothers has announced they're going to make a Joker movie with Jared Leto's Joker. 
that makes me want to move away from anything that has internet or cable. And I, I go on this ramp because I hate when people really hate stuff and they're just like, ah, oh, that sucks. But I really want DC to do well. And Jared Leto's a good actor. I I couldn't find it. His portrayal of the Joker, in my honest opinion, and this is just my opinion. Everybody's allowed their own opinion. Totally unwatchable. I didn't get enough of him to even make that opinion. Uh, there wasn't enough there uh, for me. Uh, he should have been the villain of Suicide Squad, and the the villain of that movie was terrible. Um, if the Joker would have been the original villain of the movie, which I think it was supposed to be, and they went a different route because they thought maybe the Joker was too obvious. Uh, I don't know. I like Jared Leto a lot. I like the Joker a lot. I think if he's allowed to do what he wants, that performance would be amazing. Um and I'm 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 optimistic that this movie will be good or even get made because uh, the way DC and WB has been going, they're announcing a lot of things but then canceling them shortly after uh, when something fails, like you know Batman well, v Superman. Um, you know, I think uh, just my two cents on the tight, like a side note. I think DC is trying to push out so much so fast that they're not actually thinking about the storyline. They have this huge catalog of awesome characters to work off of and the people writing the scripts and I'm sorry this is again my opinion don't really understand the characters and they're they're giving the like the prom picture look of the characters you know not the actual everyday picture of the characters and they're not good like Justice League I thought was okay. I, I went into Justice League and it was way better than I thought it was going to be. Batman versus Superman was horrible. I could not watch Justice League. I didn't like it at all. And it has fabulous Wait, cast. wait, wait. You but, just said Justice League was oh, good. Oh, not Justice League. Uh, Suicide? Suicide Squad. What about, Suicide. what about Wonder Woman? Wonder Woman's fabulous. Yeah. But it's also who they have writing and who they have directing. They kept to the story and they did a great job with it. But right now, like... Like, with Justice League, I think the biggest problem is is they rush through developing, like, what's his name? Cyborg or whatever. And then, like, you get introduced to Aquaman, but I didn't care about any of the characters. Like, I wanted to, and I kind of mm -hmm. cared about Superman because I've encountered Superman in other movies. But they were so big on getting to the action of the movie and to introduce the villain and what the crazy, like, devious plot was that they I think they forget to focus on the actual characters where in Wonder Woman they did fabulous because you understood why Wonder Woman was the way she was you mm -hmm. you understood where she was from what motivated her um where her empathy and compassion and compassion all that you know laid and I don't get that with Batman and I don't get that with Aquaman. I don't get that with Superman and such. And it sucks because, like, um, I suck with names. The guy that plays Superman. Um, I love him as the casting. What's his name? C C uh, help me out, Dave. Nothing. Oh, sorry. I, uh, uh, I was muted and uh, you're looking for Henry, Henry, Henry Cavill. Yes. Yes. I think he is the He's your perfect Superman. And I think he's a great actor, except he always has a horrible script to follow. 
And Justice League was kind of like that. Like um, Joel Kinnaman, fabulous. Suicide Squad. Suicide Squad. Joel Kinnaman, fabulous in that movie. Will Smith, great in that movie. But everybody else kind of fell flat because I was just like, how many of the squad do we need? And can we focus on one? And they seem so focused on um, Harley Quinn that I don't think they gave a lot of attention to the other ones. But again, that's just my perspective. Well, they wanted, uh, obviously they were trying to build something with the Harley Quinn because Harley Quinn is so popular. It's Deadpool. It's, it's, it would be DC's Deadpool. Harley Quinn should be. Um, And so they wanted to focus on her. And plus they got Margot Robbie, who's gorgeous and amazing and probably would have done really well if it would have been a Harley Quinn movie. But you did this big group movie with, which was essentially trying to be DC's uh, guardians of the galaxy without earning it like you i mean marvel earned being able to bring this b list of characters because let's be honest nobody knew who the guardians were unless you were a diehard comic book fan um but they hit pater because they earned it they did the iron man they did thor they did hulk captain america and paid their dues to get there to tell a good story with these characters that nobody knew and now they're beloved right right and now, so yeah, I, and I hope DC pulls it. I, I'm really wanting Aquaman to be good. Like, I love well, the Aquaman. Yeah, character. let's talk about that for a quick second. I don't want to spend too much more time talking about the DCEU. But, um, so we've gotten five movies already, and then now we have uh, slated with actual dates. We have five more, which is Aquaman later this year in December with James Wan directing. We already talked about him, so it comes full circle. Um, but also written by James Wan and Jeff Johns, who... If you're a comic book fan, you should be happy about because Jeff Johns is the DC guru over there. Uh, he he knows what he's doing. He's a comic book writer. Uh, you have to hope. I mean, he's partly responsible for why uh, Flash and Arrow are so so popular and well done in the first couple seasons on CW. He was involved with that. Um, so Aquaman later December. Um, a few months after that, what it's filming now? It might even be done. Uh, it's in post production, I think. Uh, Shazam with Zach Levi. That should be all right. Um, Wonder Woman 2, November next year, with, again, Jeff Johns uh, writing with Patty Jenkins, the director, returning. So that'll be good. Nice. Um, so they're co-writing that. Uh, Cyborg comes out in 2020. Green Lantern Corps is still set to come out in 2020. And they have announced, like, a billion other movies, including this now Joker one. But, like, Lobo was announced to be a movie. Justice League Dark was announced with Guillermo del Toro being involved with it somehow. Uh, Greg Berlanti was set to do, uh, the, the Flash movie, which was going to be called Flashpoint, but now it's not, and, or we might be, but they're getting a new writer and now they have a new director as of March. Like so much is happening with that movie. A bad Batman standalone movie being directed by Matt Reeves was announced, but there's no date for it, but I'm totally into that. Um, being written by Jeff Johns and possibly not being Ben Affleck. Who knows? Uh, Justice League two, obviously, um, is going to be a thing. Uh, Man of Steel sequel, of course. A Booster Gold and Blue Beetle movie was talked about. Uh, we're getting real deep cuts here. Then you go to all the Suicide Squad stuff. So when Suicide Squad came out, even before they knew it didn't do well, there's a Suicide Squad 2 announced. Birds of Prey was announced, which is, uh, you know, that's going to be Harley Quinn, Batgirl, uh, Black Canary. It's going to be a woman-based team, um, which sounds great. But again, can we work our way there? Um, before, you know, um, hang on, let me finish this list and then I'll let you, uh, I'm almost done. Uh, 
another Harley Quinn movie, Gotham City Sirens, which is about like Catwoman, po- uh, Poison Ivy, and Harley Quinn. Uh, a Deadshot movie, which you know obviously makes sense because it's Will Smith. Uh, why shouldn't he get his own movie? And plus, that character with him would be great. Um, Dwayne Johnson in uh, uh, the Black Adam movie, which he was announced so long ago to be that character, and now that movie's like not even a date. Uh, a Nightwing movie, or Dick Grayson Nightwing movie. Joss Whedon was set to do a Batgirl movie, but he stepped away because he couldn't write a good enough script, and so now they have a, a woman writing that movie. Um, Deathstroke movie, which they only introduced him at the end of Justice League. Uh, a New Gods movie, which is, like, again, that's more of a Guardians-type thing if for not diehard fans to even know what New Gods are. Um, and now this Joker thing, which they have now two Joker movies in production, one being done by... Um, uh, Todd Phillips with Joaquin Phoenix and then now this Jared Leto one and they're going to put this Todd Phillips Joaquin Phoenix one under the banner of an Origins type movie that falls outside of this cinematic universe so as to not that overlap. Sounds, that whole list just sounds like a clusterfuck. Well yeah, it sounds like let's throw darts at a dartboard and let's start making movies so we can catch up to Marvel. And it's... Yeah, but, that, but that's what sucks is like honestly, I mean, I know there's probably huge fans of Cyborg I don't know if that's a strong character to really warrant an entire movie, but if they wrote him right, he would be an awesome additive to a movie, you know, like a good sidekick type thing. But what you listed, there are two female-driven, like, gang movies, basically. You know, what was it? The Sirens and Gotham whatever. Gotham City Sirens, yeah. Yeah, but there were two of them. There was, like, the ones with... Uh, Birds of Prey the- and Gotham City Sirens? Yeah, why do you need two? Well, Birds of Prey would be a hero's thing. It's not Harley Quinn wouldn't be on the team. She might be the villain for that movie. And the, your Birds of Prey team is is Batgirl and Black Canary and I don't know who else they might add. Katana was at one time a character, but she's in the Suicide but, Squad. But, but yeah, anyway. But still, if they focused on actually developing strong female heroines, you know, like then you can add in Harley Quinn as a villain or you can add in other characters and do one really well-written movie, but I, it, it feels sitcomish, you know? It, it when I If I'm going to pay, you know, what is it, upwards now, $15 a movie mm-hmm. when you go, if I'm going to pay that, I want to see something that is not like I'm just going to sit down and put it on my DVR. And... They have so much coming out, which some of I could be totally wrong. Some of it could be absolutely fabulous, but it doesn't it doesn't motivate me for the fact that if they have so many that kind of sound similar and then focusing on solo stories of characters that don't really need solo stories. Well, I feel that way about Shazam. I'm not a huge Captain Marvel fan and or Shazam. Um, but I'm going to give it a chance because of a lot of reasons, because it's DC and I want them to start succeeding. And two, I like Zach Levi from Chuck. I like him a lot and I hope it does well. And some of the other characters and actors they've cast in there are, are people I like. So I'm hoping it does well, but I don't see the reason to need a Shazam movie this early into them building their universe. Um, right. Like, if you're going to do that, like, okay, you got the Aquaman movie coming out, which should have probably come out before Justice League, to be quite honest, as the Cyborg movie should have too, but whatever, you're doing your own thing. And I, you know, I'd rather see a Green Lantern's movie done right before Shazam. 
exactly. and then maybe that's just fan preference but uh, anyway all right let's move on uh that's enough to, uh, talking about the negative world of this that could be so much better and maybe that's where they're headed and though it is good i just i i wish they <clears> would focus <throat> on the writing than the action or who they have casted because there are so many great stories they can tell and right now i don't know if they've done that but i'm super looking forward to it i i hope they they blow us away with Aquaman. I hope Shazam is good. I actually know nothing about Shazam, so it's not like a existing character that I'm like, yes, I can't wait for this movie. But if they do it well, and Zachary Levi actually would pull me into that movie because I like him as an actor. I just hope they have a good story for it, if that makes sense. Sure, yeah. I've been wrong in the past. I've thought things looked horrible, and I ended up loving it. So I, I'm really, really hoping I'm wrong and that these are going to be fabulous. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm going to let you talk for a while because I know you wanted to talk about the, uh, the what's her name from uh, Star Wars, Last Jedi, Tran. That Kelly Marie Tran. Yeah. Okay, so she has been one of my most favorite things on Instagram because so she was in uh, The Last Jedi, and adorable and her entire her entire instagram was basically the normal girl became famous so there were like be photos of her like on the red carpet and like looking really goofy and she's like like this is how you do a a a red carpet nailed it but it would be like a totally funny photo like she was adorable actually she is adorable but because people didn't like her um her character in the last jedi People, just trolls on Instagram, would completely bombard her her Instagram page. And I had seen some of them, too. And, like, because I like, I like the, the stuff that she puts up. But you'll have somebody just put on, you suck. Or uh, just racist things. The amount of racism that was bombarded on it was so disgusting and today somebody noticed that all her photos got pulled and the I don't know if it's actually come out of the reason why but pretty much all the fan bases right now is assuming that she pulled them because of just the amount of harassment she was getting from that from her Twitter account which sucks like I've never been so like well I have but like I'm so upset by it because as fans, like if you, you know, if you are a hardcore fan, like you love everything Star Wars, why would you do that? I mean, we all joke about how horrible Jar Jar Binks is, but going after the actor that voiced him or the, um, the computer artist that, that made the CGI of them, that's bullshit, man. That's total bullshit. So I'm super, super upset by this because that Instagram was so positive and she was so absolutely adorable and you can like or dislike a character, but when you go to that realm and you just troll a celebrity, it's like, OMG people, you're not a fan. You're an asshole. I don't understand. Okay. So clearly the act of trolling for these reasons, uh, based on her race and the fact that she's a woman, uh, it's cause they're afraid. Uh, you're afraid of this person having power and fame, uh, whereas it, you know it's not a white woman or a white man. That's all it is. Uh, I mean, that's but part. It, that's part of it. I'm not. I'm not excusing it by any means. 
Um, I'm just, you know, saying this is this is what it is. And uh, it should be noted, she was born in America, guys. She's American. Not that it matters, but she's this is the only country she's lived in. So uh, her parents are Vietnamese, and that's why she looks the way she looks. I guess I'll say it that way. But not only is she American, she's also a human being. She's going through the same crap you're going through. Uh, plus about a billion other things because she happened to be born a woman and also happened to be born from a, a family who was from another country. And you're taking time out of your very busy day of uh, crashing on your mom's couch to rip apart this person who's just following her dreams. You're pathetic. Yeah, I have this feeling that, especially in the last couple of years, it's it's becoming more relevant. But people, there there is a section of our society that doesn't want to see people happy. You know, they well, they yeah. would rather have have conflict than peace. You know, and it's like if you if you didn't like the Rose character in Last Jedi, or you didn't like Last Jedi. You're entitled to that. Don't sure. watch it. And if somebody asks your opinion, you can tell them why you don't like it. You mm-hmm. know, like we all have our, our reasons. Like I'm not a big fan of things that people, I mean, here's a good example. Everybody loves Radiohead. I don't get it. And I love music. I don't understand Radiohead, but I'm not going to go out there and go Radiohead should die. They are horrible. But you know, it's no, I mean, or, or even to a to a smaller ex, to a smaller extent, calling fans idiots because they like Radiohead. Yeah, exactly. You've got to like respect somebody's opinion, and it's it's totally even legit to open up a debate where you'll be like, okay, so I saw the movie, and I honestly don't understand why they went this direction. I. It, I, they lost me. I, I hated the plot. That character sucked for the fact that I just thought they did this through the entire thing and I didn't like it. Okay, that's a valid excuse, valid thing. I didn't see it that way, but I could see where you would go that direction. You're entitled to that. I'm, that's constructive criticism. Totally get it. It's the people that go on with racial slurs or um, just degrading the actress because they didn't like that they had in a character that they made a love interest to one of the, the other main stars, or they didn't like that she was of a different nationality, or they didn't like that it was a woman, or, you know, they didn't like their sexual orientation. Get over it, you know? If you don't like it, that's fine. But if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. And to just completely bully somebody it completely, it takes away everything, especially like our site, like everybody in Atomic Geekdom are such fans. They're, we geek out on things and there's a lot of things that we don't like. I mean, everybody can pull up Dave and mine arguments about Fast and the Furious, you know, like, I love it. Fury Dave Road. hates it. Fury Road too, yeah, good example. But they're always respectable, funny debates because I totally don't understand Dave's point of view. Dave totally doesn't understand my point of view. But in the end, there's nothing vile said, and it's not a personal attack, you know? So I am, right now, because of this, I have this complete, there's this black cloud that just says, 
Star Wars fans are assholes. And it makes me so mad because I've met so many people that are so obsessed with this this thing we all love that I can't believe somebody that calls themselves a fan would do that. I'm sorry. It's it's not. Like, I saw somebody else. I think it might have been the Two Broke Geeks uh, Twitter said the same thing. Like, there are dumb, moronic, racist fans of the things you love. It just so happens they're the most vocal and vile. So they, they bring down, like, okay, I don't talk about this often on this, this program because I don't, it, it's just, it's just not part of what we talk about, but I'm a Christian. Um, not every Christian is the kind you see on TV that supports Donald Trump um, or hates uh, the, the gay community or uh, believes in, you know, you know, the gun law the, being the way it is or whatever it is. I'm, I'm not this militant person who judges and condemns people but i get lumped into that when those vocal people who don't know their religion are the ones that are you know the loudest on twitter or the loudest on tv or you know whatever it is and it's the same thing with these fans uh just like the 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 whole rick and morty thing about fans going nuts at one point like uh, i don't know i think rick and morty fans are crazy to begin with but But, I was going to say, well, we're talking Rick and Morty. Here. Right. But there's always going to be this section, this cross section of DC or Marvel or Star Wars or Star Trek or what, you know, or Oakland Raider fans or uh, Chicago Cubs fans or whatever it is, whatever you're passionate about. There's always going to be a part, a portion of that, per- that group that is militant and angry and, 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 and hateful and vocal, very, very vocal, and they do not at all represent the 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 core of that fandom. Um, that'd be like one person in Atomic Geekdom saying they hated everything we talk about, and them being representative of Atomic Geekdom. It's just not. We have so many different people with different opinions and different minds uh, that. It's, you know, one person's opinion is not the group's opinion. We're, we're all different people. Um, and I'm sorry, if you're a Star Wars fan, you love this franchise for a lot of reasons. Uh, but for me, it always comes back to being a child and falling in love with this franchise as a child. Uh, and I can never, ever let anything as, as stupid as a race or a sexuality of a gender of, a, of an actor or actress ruin my entertainment of something I love so much and then cause me to attack that person on their Twitter account or their Instagram account. Like there's just nothing that I loved as a child would ever make me do that. Nothing, nothing in this world could make me do that as a human, but my fandom of something that I I became a fan of and at a, a young age to grow up and, and react that way because it's just, it's horrific and, and, and ignorant and weak and petty and lots of other adjectives I could go on and on about that just make me sick. And if you love something as much as like, I, I like, I like star Wars or whatever it is like why I understand wanting to defend that product, but it is not Kelly Marie trans fault. You didn't like it. Amen, man. Yeah. I'm totally in agreement. What, what hurts the most about this? I don't, I don't know if anybody had seen her Instagram, but it was absolutely adorable, and it was so realistic. Like, you know, there's sometimes when you meet people that are in 
I wouldn't say it's like a higher power, but you know, they're in a celebrity situation or they're known for something and people have this persona of them. It's great to see somebody basically be a normal person and then shoved into the spotlight and still be a normal person. And that's what made that account so great. And that's, I, I, just to think of just bullies ruin that. I look, I, I'm sending love out to Kelly Marie Tran because she is fabulous. I look at that and I also look at the way people treat the Stranger Things kids. These are kids. Oh my gosh, yeah. These are kids. And because they didn't stop uh, when they were doing something to autograph something for you, it's not a reason for you to attack them. Ever. These are children. And yes, they're celebrities now, and yes, they you know they know what they're getting into, but let them also be children. And I can't, yeah. I, I cannot stand when people criticize like Millie Brown. I can't remember. I think that that's not her full name, but the girl Bobby that plays Brown. Millie Bobby Brown. <laughs> yeah, she plays Eleven, and criticizing how she looks in a dress at a premiere. Like, are you are you joking? She's like barely a teenager. What are you doing? It's it's interesting too though because like I'm glad we're actually talking about it because I don't know if it's I mean it's that kind of underlining topic when it comes to especially like geek culture and just modern things with like social media and such such like that it's you get these celebrities um that you love or you hate one way or another uh you either love their art you hate their art what have you the the part that's fascinating is is I think a lot of people, because they're behind a keyboard, they're emboldened to be, I can say whatever I want. Whereas if you're if you're face to face to somebody, you're not gonna look at them and go, That dress looks hideous. Is your ass any bigger than you know? You're never gonna say that because that person is right in front of you. And you're going to have the compassion to know that that's going to hurt their feelings. But because of the world of Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and such, when you type it, you like hit sin and it just goes off into the ether and you can wrote, you know, you're just like, Hey, I feel good about that. I think you're a fat, ugly person, but you would never do that. I would hope you would never do that if it was somebody face to face. And I think, in this world, especially with fandoms and stuff, we almost need to like retrain ourselves that even though you're on your phone and you're you're typing it in a message, you still have to think that they're in front of you. You know, they're going to see it right right then and it would be exactly like you're saying it to their face. You know, and I'm curious the percentage of the people that write the shitty comments on stuff how many of those people are legitly shitty people or if they just don't know any better? You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Yeah, and I don't know. And I see some of the things like when we do uh, for Ringside Geeks, when we do live streaming stuff and or when I try to do it with our Twitch account with gaming or, you know, it's been a while since I've done it. But uh, just the comments that, you know, I'm playing a video game, but yet they take the time to comment that I'm fat or you know, somebody, somebody's hair is messed up in the stream or something like that. Like you purposely came here, not for the content, but just to be a bully. Yeah. And there's bullies in everyday life, even as adults, it's the dumbest thing in the world. Like you're an adult grow up, but like, you know, in school they they just, it's just some kid who thinks 
he's the king of the world or something, you know, you, you look at some of the things that there's something going wrong at home or something like that. This kid's really insecure and that's why he does what he does. Uh, at the end of the day, there's also just mean people, people who were raised a certain way. Cause I do think it's, you know, it's nature versus nurture, but I, you're not, I don't think you're born evil. Uh, I think you're taught these things. You're taught racism. You're taught these certain things. Uh, no, no child, no baby rejects uh, a, another baby of another color to play with them. It just doesn't happen. Um, kids, kids play with each other just without reason, just because they they're another kid. This is another kid. I'm just gonna play with him because he's another kid, and I don't want to play alone. And that's how the world should be. Exactly. And we just, I guess the the thing I wish to see more of is just try to walk in somebody else's shoes for a day you know what would you feel like if somebody told that to you and I I actually like The Last Jedi I really liked the Rose character <laughs> like she was adorable like I know I keep saying adorable but it's just it emulated such smart kindness and it was great to see that type of character in a movie like Star Wars you know, because usually you have the more, the more hardened hero types, where Poe, yeah, yeah, where you you get this girl who has an innocence about her, but also a determination of like, I'm gonna stand for this. What do we do to fix this? You know, it's I like the character, so it was kind of like we were talking earlier. It's like you can like something and not like something. But it's where you take that, you know, you got to you got to walk in somebody else's shoes or try to see it in a different perspective. Um, It's like Radiohead. My brother tells me about Radiohead all the time and explains about how the melodies are are formed and such. And when I hear them, I can totally relate to that and I can hear why he likes it and I can hear the talent in it. I personally don't want to put it on. There's but only, I, I understand it. There's only know? one Radiohead song I've ever liked, and I can't stand Radiohead. Like, <laughs> uh, you might be able to guess it because it's like the, the least Radiohead song ever made, and it's what made them popular. Uh, it's not. Uh, what's? Oh my God, I can't even think of a it's, Radiohead. It's not song. Okay Computer. I hate that video too because I remember watching that video on Beavis and Butthead. Um, <laughs> no, uh, Creep. Oh yeah. I like that song. Because it, it feels more like a Weezer song than it does a, a Radiohead song. Kind of. Uh, like a heavier, darker Weezer song. Yeah, I, so it's one of those things, too. Like, I can't I can't go against it and say, like, they are untalented, they suck, sure. they are horrible. Because they're not. Clearly they're, clearly they're, they're talented, yeah. They're super talented. They're super creative. They, they touch a lot of people. Um, you know, when when people buy their albums, they're influenced by them. And, and mm-hmm. like, that's a positive thing to have in the world. I, on the other hand, put on their music and I either don't focus on it or I'm just like, Oh sure. my gosh, turn it off. I can't, but it's my personal preference. Right. I can't expect every person I meet to love Lincoln park as much as I love Lincoln park. It's never going to happen. In fact, <laughs> it's hard. I mean, there's a lot of diehard Lincoln park fans out there, but on a daily basis, I'm probably not going to run into that person who even still to this day loves Lincoln park as much as I do. Maybe when they first came out, maybe, but to this now, probably not. But 
on the flip side of the coin, and uh, I won't I won't ever claim that Lincoln Park are genius musicians. I think they're talented, and they're very good at marketing. And I, I you know I think they put on one of the best live shows ever because they love their fans, and that's what it's about. They're fans for them. Uh, on the flip side of the coin, I can't stand uh, acts like the Beatles or or like Springsteen. Uh, I'm just not into that kind of stuff, that kind of music. I I can respect what they did for music though. And I can also not rip apart people who love their music. Uh, instead, I can just put on my headphones and listen to the music I like. Because it's right there on your phone. That thing you're using to hate that person, instead of hating that person for what they love, uh, just flip over to something you actually love and shut up. Hey, <laughs> yeah, I am totally with you. It's We we had this conversation um, Too like often. a week or two ago about... The productivity of a debate, I guess, is the was the conversation. You you get people when they see a movie and they're excited about it and they love it. When they post about how much they love it, you can't take anything away from it other than that's awesome. You know, I'm glad that my friend is happy. But when somebody posts up how much they hate something, it it kind of taints it for everything you know well, it's, it's it's i look at anything that's said and i say what i try to think of why did this person say this what was the purpose was it to start an opinion based debate or was it to just pop the balloon like this kid's got a balloon and he's having fun and i'm just gonna pop it and ruin his day or was it to spark a friendly conversation and more times than not whenever i see anything on facebook it's to start a fight uh, nobody, exactly. nobody debates about the things they believe in in a positive way to educate each other. It's I'm right, you're wrong. This is why. Shut up. Don't at me. Right, well, and it's also one of those where if if you're that angry about something, like the moment you call somebody a name in a discussion, like if you don't agree with somebody, the moment you're like, well, you're a dick, mm-hmm. then you're like, you you lose all credibility of your your argument. Right. You know, if you look at it and go, yeah, but what if you did this? Or what if you were in these shoes? Mm-hmm. And you, you look at it differently, which I think, like, the whole news article to, today, because I, I, there's certain Instagram accounts that I love, like Jimmy the Dog. Whenever I'm having a bad day, I just search Jimmy the Dog and I look it up, and it's fabulous. It's Every post is just beautifully funny and awesome. And I'm just like, it gives me a pleasant feeling. Um, and Kelly Marie Tran was like that. Like, she she's so real. And it gave me a little bit pleasure of the day that I don't, I don't understand people that just can't let people be happy. You know? But I, I hope... I hope she comes back. I hope she keeps, she posts up some stuff, but, and I hope people are kinder to her. That's um, what I'm saying. I can't remember the name of the woman from the new Ghostbusters the, from SNL. Um, the, I hate to describe her this way, but the black woman from Ghostbusters. Um, she also would constantly, after Ghostbusters came out, just just retweet. Leslie, and sh- are you thinking Leslie Jones? Yes, Leslie Jones. Yes. Um, oh my God, the amount of abuse she got after that movie right. came out. That's what I'm saying. It, it happened then too. It's, I mean, it sure happens every day. Uh, 
I, I, it's astounding to me. Like, and I was thinking about this when I was talking to a friend about the second season of 13 reasons why, um, this more deals with women instead of race, but, uh, you know, I've talked about this before when we did our women in geekdom episode, I take for granted the fact that I don't have to worry or think twice about walking outside my house at night, uh, walking to my car after an event, uh, by myself. I take for granted that I don't have to worry as much as a woman does inherently like that they should be, they should feel safe to walk to their car after work. And the majority of women don't because, because some idiot guy thinks it's okay to just take what he wants. But it's, it's interesting too, that when you address it to some people, like you're like, why are you doing that? That they, they can't connect the dots on why it's wrong. You know, because it's never happened to them. You know, they've never had their Instagram completely bombarded with racist slogans telling them how horrible of a person they are because you chose to do a job that you thought would be fun. Mm-hmm. You know, it's 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 insane. Totally insane. Yeah, I mean, I you know, I didn't start this podcast for fame. Uh, or anything like that. But if ever we get big enough where people are recognizing us, I mean, you know, this was for fun. This is all, this is for fun. And it's just, people are going to take it in a different way and you're going to ruin something that's fun. Like for her, it's her life. This is her dream to be an actress and people are taking, And she's in star Wars. Could you imagine if you woke up and somebody goes, you are going to be a star in Star Wars. You're going to do You're, the red carpet, and you get to go on not set, rest in character, and right. be a Star Wars character. Not Can only you that, that, you're also going to be the first representative of your race in the Star Wars universe. Holy bejeez. Right. I mean, that's that's fabulous. Fabulous. All right, to, to take things a little bit away from politicalness and stuff like that and have a little fun before we say goodbye, I went and saw two movies this past week. Well, three, if I count Solo, seeing it again, but um, <laughs> I won't count that this time. I saw Action Point, the new Johnny Knoxville movie, and it was not fun. Uh, I was hoping it'd be at least goofy and, you know, wacky and, you know. I oh, was... my gosh, is that the one that it's kind of like Jackass? It's yeah, I mean it's Knoxville and Chris Pontius from Jackass in a movie I think he co-wrote, uh, where it's like set at a like a really 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 low down low rent uh, theme park, it's set in the seventies, um, and he's telling a story to his grandkid as like the dirty grandpa character he did, um, bad grandpa or whatever that was, um, but like everything I wanted it to be was was just lighthearted and fun and crazy and you know wacky shenanigans from the jackass guys crotch shots and weird stunts they were there it just wasn't enough and it was real real boring <laughs> it was not fun I heard I don't know if this is true or not because it's you know second hand but I heard that he crushed his face making the movie and almost popped his eye out uh, it's possible. Some of the stunts he did were pretty, pretty dumb, pretty crazy, and they acted with a live bear. So, um, crazy. I also saw and hoped would be really good. Uh, upgrade with Logan Marshall Green from the uh, the Bloomhouse Productions banner. Um, cool. So you you now did you not like it at all, or did you just not think it was as good as you thought it would be? I mean, it's worth renting. Um, I wouldn't say go go see it in the theater right away. It's not like you know, mind blowing good movie. Like you know, 
like the first time you see the Matrix or something like that. Uh, it's a cool idea. The acting is great. The performances are good. Um, it's just a lot of the stuff fell flat. Uh, there's cool moments in it. You know, there's a lot of violence and the acting and then action. I'm sorry, is is fun when it's there. It's just the in between times get real boring and very predictable. The ending is so very predictable. Um, which would have been fine if the build to it wasn't so slow. Um, but it's, so it's a movie about a guy who gets into an accident and becomes uh, paralyzed and uh, gets implanted with something that can help him walk again. Um, but it's also a revenge story, I guess. Uh, somebody, I guess, described it as the $6 million man meets Death Wish. Um, I guess that's kind of it, but... I had there's issues I had with it like uh, and I can say this this isn't really a spoiler the character the main character is kind of old school and anti tech he likes to do things with his hands and he rebuilds cars and things like that and likes to get dirty and this is a society where cars actually drive themselves um, and you just sit in the car so he gets in this car accident because of a self driving car um, and then gets this implant because this guy talks him into it saying what would your wife want you know she'd watch you live your life type of thing. Um, so he gets the implant, which helps him walk. And then you can see in the trailers, it's not really a giveaway. The thing starts talking to him in his head. Like he can hear it, the chip. Um, and so then he goes on this big revenge thing to find the person that killed his wife. And again, that's in the trailer. That's not a spoiler. Um, and, but again, he's so kind of anti-tech. He lets this thing take control of his entire body. With, like, little to no debate. So, could you could you look at this movie, though, as being, um, like, let's say, totally side sub- subject. You are anti-something. You're just like, I want nothing to do with vegetables. And then you're forced to eat vegetables, and you're like, you know what? I think I can do this. Do you think I, that's a stupid analogy, but I'll admit it. I'm, it's late and I have been up too long, but do you think it's something like that, that you can twist the story into that perspective or is it so there's, there's things out to, of character that it's not like he doesn't grow into accepting I mean, me. I mean, it just, it's because it's, it happens so fast and I understand it's because they're making a movie and it's gotta be within 90 minutes or whatever. Um, I mean, I get that and I can, I could throw that away, but the part that bothered me was because I liked that aspect of him that he didn't like technology and you're just absorbed with technology in this futuristic world that they live in. So I was hoping there would be a little bit of fighting there between him and the chip. Like, no, I need to do it. You know, like I think there could have been a little bit some, that could have been an added element, I guess. Um, again, I don't hate this movie. It wasn't horrible. It's not the worst movie I've seen. Um, I just... I was expecting more. I was hoping to like it. I went in really wanting to like this movie. I was hoping it would be like one of those sleeper hits, you know? Um, I think it did well at South by Southwest. Um, I think. I don't know. I think, yeah, mostly positive reviews, I think. Um, but, I don't know. It just, I, I guess maybe I, maybe I was expecting a different movie. I don't know. Uh, I just, I didn't enjoy it as much as I hoped I would have. Um, again, I wanted it to be like that sleeper hit that you get go away from and it becomes maybe like a cult classic or something. Yeah. I'm I'm still curious to see that. Sure. I think it'll be it'll be fun. But I'm it's funny because 
I know Justin was super excited to see it and he loved it. Like mm-hmm. absolutely loved it. Um, and then I was surprised when I saw your review that it was okay, but you weren't really stoked on it. My whole perspective of the movie has been more like it looks fun. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I don't really have a lot of expectations there's, there's, other than I know it's going to be a lot of violence and yeah. I'm hoping for at least one decapitation. <laughs> uh, there's a moment. I mean, I guess it's doing really well on Rotten Tomatoes. So people are liking it. And that's cool. That's good. But there's a moment when these villains, they have this gun built into their arm, right? So they shoot out of their arm, essentially. One guy shoots through walls to hit two people in a moving elevator. So he's very accurate, right? Uh, right. But this other guy couldn't hit the broadside of a barn as he's trying to shoot a guy who's running directly in front of him. Like, what is happening here? Now he's all of a sudden he's a stormtrooper? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> like, at least make him run out of ammo or something. Jeez. Like, there's many different ways to do this chase scene where it doesn't involve him looking like a complete fool after looking like such a marksman. Right. But, you know, those are just the small. Those are small things. Those aren't, you know. You notice them because you're not having as much fun as you wanted to. That's all that is. That makes sense. Um, but you know, if that you know, again, it's getting good reviews. So you know, if you see it and you like it, awesome. It's just, yeah, it wasn't wasn't my thing. Yeah, makes sense. Uh, I've also finished the second season of Riverdale, and that was bananas. Um, they went all kinds of places with that season, and <laughs> it was weird. Uh, I figured out who the the Black Hood was. I think the, was it the Black Hood? I think they called him. Yeah, the Black Hood. Uh, I figured him out. Uh, his identi- identity, like the episode after they did their Carrie musical thing. I'm like, oh yeah, it's got to be him. And then they started like really putting on like it is him. I'm like, oh man, that means it's not him. If they're already figuring it out, and there's two more episodes left. Yeah, but I was right. <laughs> I need to, everybody keeps telling me I should watch Riverdale. Uh, it might as well be called the Jughead show because he's the best part about that show. That's uh, what everybody says. Everybody just goes, oh, Jughead's the best. Yeah, he's cool. Cole Sprouse, good actor. One of the Sprouse twins. Nice. Uh, he was, uh, he played, I think he, he was the kid that played Ben uh, in the later years of Friends, but he's one of the kids that was in uh, uh, Big Daddy with Adam Sandler. Okay. Interesting. I wipe my own ass. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, yeah, I mean, it's got a good cast. Riverdale, it's it's not for everybody. I'm going to tell you that right away. It's definitely a teen drama, so beware um, if teen dramas aren't your, aren't your thing. Yeah. Um, I also finished The Flash, and that was a lackluster season. Uh, hopefully they do better next year, but... Uh, that's all I got. Uh, real quick before we end, anything you want to talk about that you've been watching or watched? Uh, the Marvelous Miss, uh, what's it, Maisel on on mm. Amazon. Have no, you I, seen that yet? No idea. I don't even know what that is. Oh, my gosh. So I I worked on some of the ads, and everybody, I was just like, I don't even know what this is. It's like it's very, like, 1950s, 1960s kind of look about it. And I'm like, I don't know. And then it's getting all these, like, for your consideration Emmy nominations. And somebody told me, they're like, you would probably really like it. It is super funny. It's almost like the story of Joan Rivers. And I'm like, what? Mm. So the premise of the story is it's like 19, I can't remember if it's 1958 or 1968. And it's this like 20-year-old girl. She's married. They have two kids. And her husband wants to be a comedian. And he sucks at it. Absolutely sucks at it. But she's super funny. 
and he leaves her and goes off and starts boning the uh, secretary and she gets drunk and goes to the comedy club and just nails it. And so it's this whole thing of, you know, like the stereotypical housewife of that era who's a crude comedian. And like the, it, it's, I was so surprised how much I like this show. Like I have one episode left and I'm already like, oh man, they got to get season two going. So if you haven't seen it, it is funny. And it's, it's really heartfelt too, because it, they do a good job with the relationship of her and her, her husband, because the husband, you're like, what a dick. But then they, they have these scenes where you kind of are like, you don't want to not like him. But you also can't forgive him. You know, it's it's really well done. So that's that's kind of been what I've been binging on lately. And then I think I might finally start Hands Made Tell next. I've been kind of just going one after the other, except so Dave, you can probably tell me, should I do Hands Made Tell or should I do Thirteen Reasons Why? Because uh, both have about as much of excitement and um depression <laughs> the other. I haven't watched Handmaiden's Tale but I love absolutely love 13 Reasons Why um, so I it's would it's on season 2 right? season 2 just came out like 2 weeks ago yep got it uh, season 1 is you know it follows the book and then season 2 they kind of just you know they built the next season on their own obviously because the book didn't cover these areas but uh, I think they did a good job and you gotta watch it realizing again it's Hollywood and 2 uh, some of the, a lot of the things that happen to these kids happen, but not all at once. You know, uh, you know, this person doesn't deal with these things day after day. It happens over years. You know, but it's Hollywood, and they have to flash forward. But uh, it seems like these things don't happen to kids when they're getting bullied in a high school setting, but they do. So keep that right. in mind. Keep that in mind. But the acting is phenomenal on that show. It is so good. Uh, and the music, I think you dig the music a lot. I bought the soundtrack. I liked it so much. So what type of what type of music is it? Like, is it uh, it's genre based or it's there's like covers of like '80s songs and there's '80s songs in there, but then it's like it's I'd say indie indie rock. Um, yeah, yeah, it's hard to say. Uh, what am I thinking of? Um, uh, come on. What is the genre I'm thinking of? I might as well just look. Are you thinking like, is it more like Death Cab for Cutie type indie rock? No, it's it's not. um... It's not. um, uh, I'm just trying to find uh, Echo and the Bunnymen. Oh, okay. Is on there. Um, What else? Uh, uh, What did I say? Echo and the Bunnymen. Joy Division's on there. Tears for Fears. Um, and a lot of bands I've never heard of. Uh, second season had like One Republic and Selena Gomez. Well, Selena Gomez is a executive producer, but Selena Gomez does a cover of Only You. Uh, that's pretty pretty good. Uh, the Cure is on there. Uh, this first this first season soundtrack I, I've listened to a lot uh, and I enjoy it. And plus, it's it's one of those shows like Lord Lord Huron is on there too. Um, oh, I love them. And I believe okay, I'm gonna have to listen to it. I believe the that's the song. I there's a scene in there that's just a lot of the music is set to the scenes so beautifully, and you remember those scenes because of the song, um, and it's, it works so well. And I think that 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 Lord Huron 
song is the one I'm thinking of, and I think that's when they dance the first time uh, with the night we met, and they do a callback to that in the second season, and it's it, it had me crying. It's, it's very emotional. It's it's really good. Uh, I'd like to know when you watch it because I just heard it for the first time that somebody who watched the first season did not like Hannah, thought Hannah was a bully herself. So I'd like to know what you think when you watch it about the Hannah character. Got it. All right, so. I'll keep you posted. We <laughs> might tackle that then before Hands May Tell because. Honestly, like everybody tells me, Hands May Tales is fabulous. And the idea of the storyline is, I, and I like um, the author, uh, Margaret, At, uh, why can't I think of her name, Atwood? I don't know. Um, her Mad Adams series, if you haven't read those those three books, um, amazingly fun. Like not, I wouldn't say fun. It's right. like, it's very dystopian, but it's a, she does such a great job of making characters that are so flawed but yet, so, I guess, I, I don't want to say heroic, but mm-hmm. they figure their shit out as the story develops, right? So, when you take what Handmaid's Tale is about, and knowing that she wrote it, I'm really intrigued by it. But to be honest with you, the last couple of years in the current United States political like spectrum, right, right. that show, I just... I feel like I'm going to be watching CNN or Fox News. I'm just like, I don't know if I can take it. Yeah. So, But I will get to it. Like, I'm excited for it. And the, the cast is, they're talented actors. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm sure you take an amazing writer who writes great stories and characters. You put it with a great production company, you know, like Hulu, you know, that supports it. And you get a cast like it has. I'm, I'm sure I'm going to love it. I yeah. just have to, I have to get the courage to watch it. <laughs> Yeah, and I'd say anybody that watches 13 Reasons Why, just be careful. And if you're somebody that goes through social anxieties and depression and stuff like that, watch it with someone you can talk to about that stuff because it's definitely triggering. So just, you know, be careful. True. Um, oh, so yeah. Well, this this was a, a good podcast. We, we touched on some really um, intense subjects. Yeah, a little more real than I like us to get, but that's okay. No big Sometimes deal. you need that, though. I think it's good because it's the two of us. Because we both, although we agree on a lot of things, we come from such different backgrounds. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm a dude. You're not a dude. <laughs> um, You're from the middle. I'm from the west. And to wrap it all around <laughs> Funko Pops, I just saw they have I Love Lucy Funko Pops coming out. So everything has a Funko Pop. I still kind of want the Golden Girls, I'll admit it. <laughs> I'll get my mom the I Love Lucy ones. That's, she loves that stuff. All right, that's our show this week. If you want to find Jenny on social media, she's on Twitter at... Robbie Art. And we are at Atomic Geekdom on all the things, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, uh, and YouTube. So like and subscribe and all that good stuff. Uh, do us a favor and head over to iTunes and leave us a review or rating. Five stars would be cool, but four is fun too. But... Leave us a review or uh, on there, and at some point this summer, I might pick a random reviewer, and uh, you might win a prize. So it pays to review us and give us five stars. So do that, and you know you might get stuff for free. Rock on! That's our show this week. Next week will be oh nope, not quite there yet, but we'll be one week closer to Jurassic World two. Uh, so it's very very soon. It's coming. I can't wait. Um, but yeah, next week we'll be back with a brand new episode. I have no idea what it'll be about, but we'll be recording it in a couple days and I'll know then. So we'll figure it out on that date. Anyways, Jenny, you have last word. I'm going to say a couple. Be kind to each other, friends. There you go. 
I say it all the time. Be good. Love it. <laughs>